0: Gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers, welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Como estas mis amigos? We hope you are well and ready to garden. Signs of spring are starting to pop up in parts of the U.S. as we roll into March. It's been a little while. Since we put out a podcast, I was not well in February, but that is all past. It's all gone. Benito. No mas. And I am ready to crank out some new and exciting episodes of the Healthy Garden Podcast. For you longtime listeners, you know that soil is my favorite and number one topic. For me, there is nothing with a capital N more important than tending the soil in your garden. You want a healthy garden? Grow healthy soil. You want to remove toxins from your garden? Grow healthy soil. You want to spend time that is really going to make a difference to your health, the environment, and create an everlasting garden? Grow healthy soil. Capish? I have spoken to you about fixing the soil over and over and over before. And I'm once again going to give you the steps to growing and building healthy soil. I just did a Zoom class on this yesterday and had a great turnout and some really enthusiastic, mostly new organic gardeners to share the subject with. Growing and building healthy soil should absolutely be the primary focus of every, every organic gardener especially those of you who are courageous enough to follow Norma and I down the path of true organic gardening. It takes courage to become a biological farmer or gardener. This is the only way to ensure that you are growing safe and healthy food and creating a clean and toxin-free environment for you, your loved ones, and everybody to thrive in over the next very tricky moment in time on this planet. If you think the growing organic or alleged organic seeds and starts in faux organic soil, then fertilizing them with faux organic natural, in quotes, fertilizers is going to bring you a bounty of healthy foods, think again. If the alleged organic, in quotes, soil that you or your organic farmer is growing in is loaded with heavy metals, herbicide from GMO feedstocks, or toxins from so-called natural fertilizer, then what you are getting is tantamount to toxic baby food. That is just what blew up on the scene early last month when several of the top baby food suppliers got busted for having their baby food test high for levels of heavy metals. Several of these baby foods were allegedly organic. Many of the suppliers knew about the high levels of toxicity in their baby foods. This story is sickening and wrong, but more importantly, it emphasizes just how much most, not all, but most of the corporate world of greed and deception could care less about you, your family. They don't even care about your babies. The evil greed model that permeates globalized corporate structure is alive and well today. And nothing tells me more than that than the toxic baby food scandal. We're going to get into what happened and why the baby food was toxic. I'll give you a clue. It wasn't because the farmers growing the fruits and vegetables We're growing their soil.
1: I about the fighting game When Mr. Hoover said to cut my dinner down I never even hesitate, I never frown I cut my sugar, I cut my coal But now they dug deep in my I've blue. I've got the blue I've got the blue Hi, it's Norma biological farmer and producer of the Healthy Garden podcast. Many years ago, I learned about compost tea and how it has billions of beneficial biology in it to inoculate gardens with. Then I learned how to make true organic aerobic compost, also with billions of beneficial biology in it. Before then, I had no clue of the biological world. And after seeing how important it is over the years, I'm surprised it's not mentioned more readily by people in the health and medical fields, in schools, or in the mainstream. After learning how to grow the soil, and while harvesting from gardens, I started realizing how the soil health affects our health. If we don't have good microbes in the soil, then they're not going to be on the surface of the veggies we eat. When we wash our carrots with good water from home, those microbes don't get all washed off. They stay on there and eventually make way into our gut to join the other 100 trillion microscopic species in the entire human body. They're controlling levels of inflammation, brain chemistry, metabolism, nutrient levels, and much more. Without these good microorganisms, all kinds of diseases develop. Healthy soil creates a healthy body and there's no way better to clean your soil and regenerate it than with a great compost. One that's farm-made, organic and non-GMO. I use and always recommend Malibu Compost's Booze Blend Biodynamic Compost. It is full of beneficial soil life and will grow your soil over the years so that you don't have to do so much work down the road. Get it at your local independent nursery or farm supply shop or go to malibucompost.com.
0: When the story broke last month, I was preparing to head north to our organic, our true organic farm in Oregon, to help out through a very rainy Pacific Northwest winter. The story breaks. And this is one of those stories that I would rather not have to report on, but they are actually the reason that the Healthy Garden podcast exists. We have lots of companies making baby food, Potting soil, fertilizer, rice cakes, and all sorts of, in quotes, organic stuff that is anything but organic. And that needs to be addressed. So you know who addresses it? We address it. So here's what happened. This is from, and I don't usually do this, but this is from an article in the National Law Review on February 27th entitled Heavy Metals in Baby Food post-concern for baby food industry. You think? So, on February 4th, 2021, the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Oversight and Reform issued a report entitled Baby Foods are Tainted with Dangerous Levels of Arsenic, Lead, Cadmium, and Mercury, which sent ripples of concern through the consumer ranks and the baby food industry. Heavy metals in baby food has received attention before but never before in such a significant way from a House subcommittee report like the one published this month. The findings and the proposed changes in regulations for the baby food industry that the subcommittee put forth will have significant compliance impacts on companies as well as open certain baby food companies up to litigation risks that cannot be ignored. On November 6, 2019, the House subcommittee requested internal documents from seven of the largest manufacturers of baby food in the United States, which included companies making both organic and conventional products. The request was prompted by reports that alleged that there are high levels of heavy metals in baby foods, specifically arsenic, lead, cadmium, and mercury. The Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, and the World Health Organization have both found these heavy metals to be dangerous to human health, especially infants and children. Four of the baby food manufacturers complied with the House subcommittee's request. From the documents obtained from the four companies, the House subcommittee concluded that there was evidence that the commercial baby foods are tainted with significant levels of toxic heavy metals, including arsenic, lead, cadmium, and mercury. The report said that the internal company standards permit dangerously high levels of toxic heavy metals and documents revealed that the manufacturers have often sold foods that exceeded those levels. The FDA currently has maximum allowable limits for heavy metals at issue in certain circumstances, including 10 parts per billion of arsenic, 5 parts per billion of lead, and 5 parts per billion, billion of cadmium in bottled water. The Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, has also set the permissible level of mercury in drinking water at two parts per billion. However, the House subcommittee concluded that the test results of baby foods and their ingredients eclipse those levels, including results up to 91 times the arsenic level, up to 177 times the lead level, up to 69 times the cadmium level and up to five times the mercury level. Guys, this isn't baby food. These are corporations that are selling and making and manufacturing and distributing baby food. The FDA indicated that it is reviewing the House subcommittee's report. It also noted that the heavy metals at issue in the report are present naturally in the environment and can enter baby food, through soil, water, and air. Recommendations from the House report. As a result of its findings, the subcommittee outlined five recommendations. One, mandatory testing. This would require baby food manufacturers to test finished products, not just the ingredients for heavy metals. The House subcommittee urged the FDA to set this requirement. Two, labeling. The subcommittee proposed that the FDA require baby food manufacturers to list all heavy metals in the finished product on labeling so that consumers are aware of the element's presence. Three, phase out. The House subcommittee urged manufacturers to voluntarily phase out heavy metals from products entirely or at least phase out products that have high amounts of ingredients that test high in heavy metals. Four, FDA standards. The subcommittee urged the FDA to set limits for permitted heavy metals in baby foods. And five, parental vigilance. The report urges parents to avoid baby foods that contain ingredients that test high in heavy metals. The subcommittee indicated that implementing recommendations one through four would inform parents to make determinations soundly. So, this is typical of what you get from the government. The FDA and EPA don't set real levels and limits, and then they pass the buck to a congressional subcommittee who then gives us recommendations like this that mean nothing. The bottom line is that for infants and toddlers, exposure to heavy metals has been linked to behavioral impairments, brain damage, and death. But the government thinks that a mom and dad who is living in these times of today that are crazy is going to understand the labels of a baby food jar? If they even have time to read them, parental vigilance? What about corporate vigilance? What about governmental vigilance? What about that? The buck gets passed because that's what makes Washington go round, money. Want to hear the fabulous statements that were made to NBC from the caring and loving corporations that are stealing your money while poisoning your babies. Campbell Soup Company, which sells baby food under the brand name Plum Organics, said it cooperated with congressional investigators. The company's products are safe, and it's committed to minimizing environmental contaminants, its statement said. (laughs) Nurture, said its Happy Family Organic products are safe for babies and toddlers to enjoy, and we are proud to have best in-class testing protocols in our industry. The company said it was disappointed at the many inaccuracies, select data usage, and tone bias in the report. (laughs) Hain Celestial Group said its Earth's best Organic products meet or exceed the current federal guidelines and provide safe nutrition for babies the congressional report examined Outdated and this is they quoted this outdated data and does not reflect our current practices the company noted in a statement Haines celestial group elaborated that they had previously taken steps to reduce heavy metals in their products like no longer using brown rice in products that are primarily (laughs) rice-based. Gerber called its baby food safety and quality standards, industry-leading and among the strictest in the world with many steps taken to minimize the presence of heavy metals. Parents can rest assured our products are healthy and safe, the company said in a statement. Beechnut called its products safe and nutritious. It plans to continue to work with the FDA in partnership with the Baby Food Council on science based standards for food suppliers. The subcommittee requested internal testing data from Nurture, Beechnut, Hain, Gerber, Campbell, Walmart, and Sprout Foods. The first four companies agreed to the request while Campbell, Walmart, and Sprout did not. Arsenic, lead, and cadmium were found in the products of all the responding companies, while mercury was found in the products from Nurture, the only company that tested for it. The impacted products were Nurture, Happy Baby, which sold products with as much as 180 parts per billion of arsenic. 641 parts per billion of lead and more than 5 parts per billion of cadmium and as much as 10 parts per billion of mercury. Hain, Earth's best organic, which sold products with as much as 129 parts per billion arsenic and used ingredients with as much as 309 parts per billion arsenic, things like cinnamon. Beech nut, which used ingredients that included as much as 913 parts per billion of arsenic, 886 parts per billion of lead, and 344 parts per billion of cadmium. Gerber, which used rice flour containing more than 90 parts per billion arsenic, ingredients with as much as 45 parts per billion, and carrots with as much as 87 parts per billion of cadmium. Here are a couple of other tidbits that might interest you about this scandal. Toxic metals might be more common in baby foods because of the vitamins and minerals added to those foods during processing. Rice, a common ingredient in baby foods, also tends to have very high levels of arsenic. Rice is grown in water, and arsenic from soil dissolves when it comes in contact with water. Also, heavy metals do occur naturally in some grains and vegetables. The amounts may be increased when food manufacturers add other ingredients to baby food, like enzymes and vitamins and mineral mixes that are heavily tainted with metals. Manufacturers rarely test for mercury. It doesn't only happen here, folks. It happens in all products. The baby food scandal is now the focus. How many of the soil products and fertilizers that you buy do you think are rigorously tested? How many of the companies that you support care about you, your food, your garden, your health? Really, how many of them care? That is a question that we all should be answering before we buy another anything from anybody hey there gardeners You want to grow healthy soil, you need to grow healthy soil, you're dying to have healthy soil. Well, it's your lucky day because we have one of the absolute answers to fix your problem. Malibu Compost has several compost tea packages available on their website. Compost teas for fruits, vegetables, and tomatoes. Compost tea for flowering plants and roses. House plants, plants, trees, and shrubs, even lawns. So get your plants and soil going today with one of these great compost tea packages and save 10% on your purchase. And as always, free shipping on everything at www.malibucompost.com. underlying excuse in the toxic baby food scandal is that the heavy metals can be found naturally occurring in soil, water, and air. Plus they can be added to the baby food from nutrient and mineral additives. Hmm. Doesn't this sound like an excuse for toxic poisoning of pretty much anything that we buy that we eat? that we drink or that we use in the garden to grow food. So what can you do? You can research the companies you buy from. You can check out the farms that supply your local market with, quote, organic produce. How, you say, do I do that? You ask them. You go to the market and you say, what farms do you buy the organic carrots from? The farmer's market, you can do what I do. You can ask, do you test your soil? You can ask the soil and fertilizer companies that you buy from, do they test? And what do they test for? These things will help you narrow down the facts and hopefully give you some truth. Oh yeah, the other thing that you can do You can grow your own food in soil that is true organic, biologically active, and that means alive with microbes and with products and amendments that have been tested for purity, vitality, and nutrient availability. Here's what you need to know about growing healthy soil. First off, growing the biology, the microbes, in your soil is paramount to creating a healthy garden. I wanna tell you how soil is created and the role of the microbes before we get into the actual steps of what to do to grow and build healthy soil. Here's how soil is created. First of all, we have microbes, bacteria. They produce a gummy, sticky substance, a polysaccharide and a mucilage that cement soil aggregates. These aggregates are what help soil not break under water pressure. Next, you have fungal filaments or fungal hyphae. They're like a thread or a spider web that surrounds particulates and aggregates and creates the fabric of the soil. The gummy pulls it together from the bacteria. The fungal hyphae pull it together like a blanket and give it texture. The next thing that happens with the microbes in the soil is that the microbes regulate mineralization. And this is the conversion of organic complexes into their inorganic forms. This is the most important function of microbes for us on this planet. They recycle nutrients that are tied in organic materials back to forms that are usable by plants and other microbes. So what happens with those bacteria is larger microorganisms eat them, and those guys have been chowing on little bits of organic matter, and earthworms have been chowing on other bigger pieces of organic matter, and then chowing on bacteria. And then what happens is as they poop out, and larger microorganisms poop out, they're recycling nutrient back into the soil. And the other thing, one last thing on earthworms, is not only Are they amazing in terms of helping along with that nutrient cycling process? But they're grinders. They break down pieces of organic matter so that it's more acceptable or more decomposable for other smaller microorganisms to eat. So when you're out there in the garden and you're asking yourself, what am I doing? Growing cabbage? No, You're growing microbes, you're growing soil, you're growing tilth, you're creating something that is self-sustaining if you follow the process I'm about to give you, okay? If you grow cabbage, great, love cabbage, okay? But that's not really what you're doing. So here are the steps on how to grow healthy soil in a true organic garden. One, you're going to compost every spring and fall, a half inch to an inch of finished home compost. And I mean finished, the stuff from the bottom that you screen with an eighth inch screener. Or you're going to use a good finished compost you can buy at the store. And you know the one I use, booze blend. Two, you're going to compost tea the whole garden every quarter except in the winter in cold climates. And you're going to go ahead and for those heavy feeders, your veggie gardens, your roses, your flowering plants, you are going to tea drench them every three to four weeks. So once a month, they're getting fed through the growing, flowering, fruiting, vegging cycle. Okay. Three, top dress. You're going to go ahead and use things like an OMRI certified kelp meal, an organic alfalfa, organic alfalfa pellets. You're going to use a good clean fishbone meal. You're going to use green sand. You can use um, you can use some uh, mined basalt. You can use a little soft rock phosphate, and you're going to use oyster shell and some good worm castings. And I'll, and and set up your own worm bins if you can. That's the best way to get the best castings because you control the inputs. On your top dress, you put it down that. It, one-sixteenth of an inch over the plots, beds, containers, and planting areas in between the growing seasons, like as veggies start to transition from spring to summer and summer to fall, then you cover that with a half inch of your good, finished, true organic compost that you make at home or that you buy in the store that's non-GMO, true organic, farm-made, and real then lightly water the amended areas with your shower setting on your spray head. A very light spray. Do not drench. You don't want to soak this. You're just trying to get the compost to charge those natural fertilizers and organic fertilizers and get them started. Number five, three to four weeks after amending the planting areas and before the first frost, Drench all of your amended planting areas with with compost tea. A drench of compost tea equals one normal watering. And then six, and this is my favorite. This is the one I like to do with a cup of coffee. Whenever you get the inkling to do this, go out and dust your garden with a sixteenth of an inch of your good, true organic, finished home compost or boo, and then lightly water it in. This is going to act as a tilth builder in your soil. The process of composting and dusting your garden with compost is your slow release. It's the slow build of the soil and the tilt of your soil. The compost teas act as a re-inoculation of microbes into the soil the feeding of the larger microbes in the soil for mineralization, and the feeding at root level major and minor nutrients and minerals to your plants for immediate uptake. When in between season you top dress, you're merely adding back into the soil, the things that have been used by your plants to grow and the minerals and nutrients that have been flushed into the aquifer from rain watering, and snow. This is your prescription for food safety, soil safety, and how you can avoid growing toxic baby food at home because you now know how to fix your soil.
1: That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true organic and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.